Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're on episode number 61. 61. 61. My name is Shama Sangeeta. <laughs> what is your name? I forgot my name. My name is Priyadarshini. And I'm Shamali. And thank you so much for tuning back in. We're excited to be at it again. Another day, another episode. <laughs> and we are doing this entire book, this powerful, beautiful, lovely book called the Bhagavad Gita. And we are going to be doing every single verse till the end. We are currently on chapter eight, text number 15. And a very quick recap of last episode. So right, we're on chapter eight attaining the supreme so we're going through stages arjuna finally surrendered to krishna we left chapter seven which was all about knowledge of the absolute so now he's literally giving us instructions on how to attain him so and more more specifically he's talking about at the time of death what is the methods and ways in which we can attain krishna right right yeah this because this is all about this very fun topic of death we've been talking about that for the (laughs) whole last episode good morning we're talking about death today (laughs) Because, you know, at the time, if it's difficult for us to meditate right now with good health, with good bodies, what to speak of at the time of death when our minds are agitated, we can barely like breathe properly. Everything is hurting depending on what reason you're going to leave this world from. Our bodies in pain. Yeah. 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 So it's going to matter what we do day in and day out every single day of our lives. That accumulation, that muscle memory is going to play in at the time of death and it will make a difference. And then basically Christian is saying, um, as long as you always remember me without deviation and you think of me at the time of death, you will attain me. Right. Because, oh yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, and so that leads actually to the next text because it starts with after attaining me. But if you want to add something else, No, all I was going to say is, as we said, death is the opportunity for the ultimate relationship maker because at the time of death is that door opening to, we can possibly reunite with our source. Cool. All right. So text 15th. Yes. Invocation, please. Oh, Oh, I almost forgot. I know. I was about to get (laughs) right into it. Okay. Okay. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Shakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto them. them. Beautiful. All right. Text. Chapter 8, oh. text number 15. <laughs> After attaining me, Krishna, the great souls who are yogis in devotion never return to this temporary world, which is full of miseries. Because they have attained the highest perfection. Oh, mm. right. One more time, Priya. Yes. After attaining me, the great souls who are yogis in devotion never return to this temporary world, which is full of mysteries because they have attained the highest perfection. Oh, this is kind mm. of reassuring. Huh? Oh, if you yeah. spend your whole life loving Krishna and you remember Krishna at the time of death, both of those two things, very difficult to do, uh, remembering Krishna at the time of death mostly. You will go back to Krishna and you won't fall back to this temporary world, planet Earth that we're talking right. about, right? Yeah. And someone who has a pretty good life might think like, okay, but I like it here. I have a good setup, a good life. Why would I want to leave? And I think there was one great devotee who said, if you, do, if you don't do anything in excess, yeah, sure. Maybe you can get by thinking you're enjoying seemingly. You might do a little bit, everything in moderation. 
but it's not true enjoyment. At the end of your life, if you haven't practiced something that nourishes your soul, you're going to get crippled by fear. What's next? I mean, this life doesn't cut it in and of itself. Uh, Someone else also gave me another example. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I'm going to give you the gist and it's going to be kind of silly. But (laughs) basically, if you had uh, something really heavy over your head, it would hurt, right? But after a while, you would get used to it. And that doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean that there is no pain. It's just that you're used to it and that's your new norm. And so for a lot of us in the material world, we kind of get used to this material world. And, um, Things maybe you think like, oh, it's fine, but actually it's heavy and it's difficult and there's misery. And even if you had a beautiful life in which a lot of things went your way at the time in which you get elderly, mm-hmm. it's not, not going to go your way. It's no longer a beautiful life that you might think, right? right? Old age is a real thing. Disease is a real thing. And these things right. affect us. And so in that way, this world is never going to be ideal right. for us. You know, the other day we were with my parents on a Japa walk around the block, chanting our, uh, we've talked about it before. What is Japa? We have meditation, right? Oh, silent meditation. Yeah, you're chanting the you're, mantra. Oh, not silent. Meditation no. <laughs> that you do by yourself. Yes, yeah. individual <laughs> on, right. on Japa beats. Yeah. Right. And when you said, Priya, when you get older, it's not going to be so enjoyable. It just made me think we walked past this man. He lived in one of the beautiful houses overlooking the ocean. And he was sitting there on his wheelchair, almost like no longer observing the world that he could no longer partake in. And I, I watched him from his balcony, just in passing. And you could see this kind of longing in his eyes. He was old, shriveled up on the wheelchair and he had a caregiver behind him. And he was just looking out like at everyone, all the young people running up and down that street. And I don't know, you could feel a little for a second, his emotion. And it's so true what you say, Mm -hmm. even if you're enjoying now, that won't always be the case. You have to, unless you put some time and energy into something that goes beyond. Yeah. I mean, even if you are quote unquote enjoying now, we all get sick. Yeah. Like it's, it's just not going to be a perfect situation. right? Right. So, um, going back to the text, Krishna saying this place is full of mysteries, but if you do take the time Mm -hmm. to uh, think of me and be a yogi in devotion, then you will attain the highest perfection. Yeah. Right. Right. And in the text, it talks about great souls or Mahatmas. And they say that the goal of these great souls is the planet that's beyond our material vision. It's inexplicable. It's the highest goal and the destination for these great souls. And there's one description of these Mahatmas or great souls that I like from the purport. It says they receive transcendental messages from realized devotees and thus gradually develop their devotional service in Krishna. And here's the thing. They become so absorbed in transcendental service that they no longer desire elevation to any of the material or heavenly planets. And furthermore, they don't even want to be transferred to any spiritual planets. They want Krishna and only Krishna's association and nothing else. And I thought that was really nice. Like, and that's also a really cool point because as you'll see in the next text, we're going to learn about these higher planets and mm. why we actually don't want to go to them. Right, Ooh. right. Shama Sangeeta, do you All want right. to go ahead and text, text 16? 16? All right. From the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest... All are places of misery, wherein repeated birth and death take place. But one who attains to my abode, O son of Kunti, never Mm -hmm. takes birth again. Mm -hmm. I like here, we can before we break it down, that they talk about him as son of Kunti. So Krishna is mentioning Arjuna as the son of Kunti because Kunti was a very like saintly woman, Queen Kunti, and she has these prayers all about, you know, almost like 
inviting the Lord to send more suffering her way because it is in those moments of suffering that she's able to really surrender a hundred percent and focus even more on the Lord. And now I don't know many people who would pray for suffering. Most of the time (laughs) we pray to help navigate the suffering that just comes our way. But I just think it's a really cool context here where we're talking about the suffering and misery of this world. So Krishna very strategically, almost fittingly refers to Arjuna as Oh, son of Kunti. I love that. You know? I love that, really nice. that little point. I, I wonder now, and now I have to look more carefully at all the nicknames, Krishna, sure. Arjuna. Are right. they fully tied to every text on purpose? Probably, uh, because when Arjuna called Krishna Madhusudana, right, it was so, please slay the demonic doubts that have arisen in my mind. So they're so intricate. And I'm sure cool. there's so much we're not even, you Very probably poetic. have to read the, yeah. exactly. It's a whole poetry love story yeah, essentially Krishna's being very mindful with actually yeah. the verbs the, the the verbiage that he uses and right. also the the beautiful nicknames that he uses he t- it's like a subtle tie-in to every single yeah. lesson he's trying to Kinda say cool. in the verses right okay so, so let's read it one more time okay. yeah. yeah I was about to say did we even read it yes sorry from the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest all are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place. Let's do that Mm. one first. Yeah. So basically, even if you were to go to a a heavenly planet, um, you would still be born and you would Mm. still die. And we consider that to be one of the greatest sufferings, right? Right. Right. Yeah, because we've talked about it. Even those who attain the highest planets, the planets of the demigods that they worship, even them, they're subject to repeated birth and death. So they have to come back. Like even someone on earth that's elevated to a higher planet, such as Brahma Loka, Chandra Loka, and Jaloka, they have to come back down to earth. So if, for references, Brahma Loka is a place where? Lord Brahma Lord is. Brahma. <laughs> Indra Loka. <laughs> like, Indra Loka is where Lord Indra is. Chandra Loka is where the moon planet, Lord yeah. Chandra. Yeah. Chandra is. And they're so disciples good. as well. Yes. Right, right. They're the best devotees of the Lord. Um, and you know, what was interesting to me, cause for a moment I thought, do they always have to come back to earth? But it answers that in the purport saying like, okay, even if one goes to Brahma Loka, if one doesn't, once he's in that elevated plane, if he doesn't cultivate Krishna consciousness, then he must come back to earth. But okay. Those who progress Krishna consciousness, even when they're in the higher planets, they're gradually elevated to higher and higher planets. And then when it's time for like the universal devastation, they're transferred to the eternal spiritual kingdom. If they do cultivate Krishna consciousness. Yeah. I have a little bit of a visual, right? So like, so there's like old age and disease in this material world where we're at earth, right? Mm -hmm. To put it that way. Now, if you go to a heavenly planet, it's like another earth, but there might not be disease, let's say, or there are different Mm -hmm. heavenly planet Mm -hmm. that doesn't have old age. They are, well, no, no, they would still have old age. Huh. Yeah, just maybe just <laughs> it, different perks, different right. ways. And like right. in those heavenly planets, you might suffer a little less, right? Oh, yeah. And so therefore yeah. there's more of an opportunity to cultivate Krishna consciousness. And uh, and if you succeed, awesome, you go up. And if you don't succeed, you come back down and you try again, right? Right, right. And we've said before, you have a great, because when you said opportunity to cultivate, it just made me think of how we pointed out, we're in a great situation here on earth, despite there being so much suffering. There's kind of like a little enjoyment, a little suffering, enough that 
it doesn't distract us either way so much. Because if we were in one of the lower realms where there's so much suffering, it's hard to focus when you're in that much pain. As we've talked time and time again about at the time of death, it's hard to focus. So let's cultivate it now. And if we were in one of the heavenly realms where there's an abundance of enjoyment of beauty, that can also distract you depending on, I don't know, I guess your sincerity, Mm -hmm. your surrender. So we're in a great middle ground where it's the opportune moment to utilize this human life form to make advancement, to connect. Yeah. Just going off of what you were saying, Priya, is like, I, have you guys ever been to, to Dave and Buster's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So in, in this, Ages ago. right. In this life, right. No matter how hard we work. Right. I mean, if we dedicate ourselves to a certain deity or whatnot, we, we get a certain amount of tickets, right. You, <laughs> you play longer, you get a lot of tickets, right. The more right. tickets you get, the higher the planet you go, the higher the prize you also get too. Right. You get, you, you put in your tickets, you get your prize, you stay in those heavenly planets. You're done playing. When you get bored of that toy, you fall back down to earth, right. You have to go to David Buster's again. Right. But so you know what I mean? Like so the then more when tickets you, you put in, the, the bigger the prize, so in this the analogy, more perks that you get. Yeah. When you finally go beyond all that and go to Krishna Loka, is that when you realize I'm done with all this? Let me get in my car and go home. Then that's when you realize that Krishna was the ultimate prize the whole oh. time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. And you know what I found interesting, not only within the higher planetary system, but also within all of the different kinds of yogis, because we've talked about karma yoga, jnana yoga, hatha. We've mentioned so many different yogas, broken it down. Eventually, all of them have to attain devotional perfection within bhakti yoga or Krishna consciousness before they can go to Krishna's planet and never return back here. So... Yeah. And that's the line, last line of the verse. It's like one who attains to my abode, Krishna, oh, son of Kunti, mm-hmm. never takes birth again. And I think that's the ultimate perk. Right. 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 That is the ultimate, ultimate perk because you right. get to spend the rest of the time with Krishna. Mm-hmm. And I find this last line of the purport interesting also that whenever there's a devastation in the material universe, Brahma and the devotees who are constantly engaged in Krishna consciousness, they're all transferred to the spiritual universe and to specific spiritual planets according to their desires. And ah. I found that very interesting, right? Because that leads to the next text in which oh, that's we talk so good. about Brahma. Ooh. Brahma. Text number okay. 17, Shamali. Okay. By human calculation... A thousand ages taken together form the duration of Brahma's one day. Oh my. A thousand ages taken together form the duration of Brahma's one day. And such also is the duration of his night. Cool. That's amazing. And just for a visual, if you guys, have you guys ever Google imaged uh, a picture of Brahma? (laughs) (laughs) I have. Yes. How many heads does Brahma have? A lot. Wait, how many exactly? Isn't there like a certain amount? Uh, does anybody know? Producer? Producer? Four. Four. four heads, right? So Brahma has four heads. And so this is a very interesting. So Brahma is known as the creator, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> I got you. I got the visual you. of Brahma, he has four heads. And so now we're talking about what his day's like, okay? Yes. All right. Google image Brahma so you know what we're talking about. I got you. I would have followed, I would have finished your thought process. Okay, so okay, basically, Brahma has four heads, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to. Um, so the duration of the material universe is limited. So they're basically right. thinking about, um, let's say this universe, right? Well, let's think about Earth because that's easier to conceptualize. So Earth is created by Brahma. Brahma lives only for a thousand ages, okay? Ages is Mm. a weird way to measure this, but we're going to explain it in a second. Mm -hmm. And so after those a thousand ages, the whole world just goes... 
It goes what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it goes like that. And then it's done. That's it. That's, That's where it has to go? <laughs> <laughs> it explodes? It just kind of, I don't know if it explodes okay. or implodes or whatever the situation is. But basically, Earth no longer exists. And then it starts over again. But the fascinating part about that is that Brahma dies and a new Brahma comes. Mm-hmm. I know. Have you ever thought about that? Definitely Google him. Yeah. Brahma. He's a cool looking dude. <laughs> right. So like Priya's saying, okay, the, the material universe is limited. It's manifested in different cycles of kalpas. So a kalpa or this cycle in the day of Brahma, uh, wait, a kalpa is a day of Brahma. And one day of Brahma consists of, like Priya said, thousands of years of four yugas or ages. So we're about to break down the ages. But side note, which I know we've mentioned before, it's very interesting that, okay, this world in the Vedic perspective goes in a cyclical nature, right? Yes. We go through these four yugas, comes to an end, and the cycle starts over again. And there's very like esteemed scientists who have talked about this is the only view of the universe that is in line with science's conception of the cyclical nature of the universe. Mm. It's not just linear and progressing infinitely. It's cyclical. So I thought that's very interesting that literally the Vedic conception is the only one that matches science's explanation of the cyclical nature of the universe. That's really cool. So basically, one Brahma's life is um, der- uh, described or no, wait, what's the right way of saying it? His, his day. Sorry, yeah, his day. His day. Well, his day, because he right, lives for a day, but it's a very long day. It's a very, very long day. And Krishna's, yeah, Krishna's so, talking about his day. Yeah, so his day is composed of how many yugas? Four. Four. What are and they? what are they? Okay, let's go, let's go over them. You have the Satya Yuga. Well, let's first say them and then maybe describe them, right? Yes, that's what I was okay, yeah, going yeah. for. Satya, Treta, Dvarpa, and Kali. Yes. And so Satya has, uh, is characterized by virtue, wisdom, and religion, and it lasts about 1.7 million years. Wow. So like there's basically no ignorance, practically no ignorance in this cycle. There's no vices. People are not smoking, gambling. They're right. just being good. They're like wisdom. Yeah. Right. Religion. Wisdom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some wisdom. That's right. <laughs> and then Tetra Yuga is um, there's some vices introduced into this one, right? So it's slowly right. they kind of get a little bit worse over time. And this one lasts about 1.3 million years. Right. right. Shamla, you want to do the next one? Okay. And Dwarpa Yuga, there's even greater decline in virtue, religion. The vices increase. The Yuga lasts basically 864,000 years. Oh, you said to, wow, wow, you say it. It's okay. It's okay. 800,000 years. No, we were trying to keep it simple because the numbers are like 1,728,000. If you want to know the exact figures, come check out the Bhagavad Gita. It's on page 362 or Gita. what page is it on yours? 383. Right. It's also cool that we're keeping it simple, but this is a very precise science, you know, it oh, gives sure. you exact numbers, exact trajectories of the planetary system. It's like very precise, systematic and scientific. It's fascinating that they could get to such a precise number. You right, know what I mean? It's, right. it's fascinating. So then, and finally it brings us to the fourth yuga, which is which one? Shama Sangeeta? Kali Yuga. Right. It's the yuga we have now been experiencing over the past five thousand years. 
Oh, isn't 5,000 the number of years that this Bhagavad Gita was roughly spoken around that many thousands of years ago, right? Yes, On the battlefield yes, of Kurukshetra. Yes, that is true. So Be- when Krishna left, yeah. that's when Kali Yuga started. Yeah, and you know, I mean, without going to the whole story, this Bhagavad Gita is a small portion of the greater epic of the Mahabharata, which is just so, so interesting because at the end of the whole, remember, we're on a battlefield. This is still part of the conversation, Krishna to Arjuna. The battlefield has, the battle hasn't even begun. But at the end of all of that, finally, the, you know, the Pandavas are able to live in peace. Their life continues for some time. But then Krishna has to- did you say spoil alert? I didn't say spoil. You got to say spoiler so alert. Sorry. People might I actually, you know what? It rung in my ear, but I ignored that small voice. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Somebody out there might be reading the Mahabharata and they're like, I don't want to know what happens oh, yet. Oh, oh, but you know what? I didn't say they won the battle. I said they lived in peace. Maybe uh, they went back to the forest but in they peace. they survived, Shamali. Let's just say spoiler alert. So spoiler, spoiler alert. So, okay. <laughs> spoiler? Is that the way? Spoiler. Oh, wow. I was saying okay. the wrong word. Anyways. Shamali really... Um, it's okay. You got hey, this. It's okay. It's okay. it's okay. It's the okay. The one person is going to be so mad about this. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Pandavas lived? No way. I didn't see that coming. Wait, yeah. so, so wait, you guys are saying a bunch of numbers. Oh, wait, right, right. Done? So okay, no, no, let me, thought, just because the 5,000 is an interesting number because as soon as, okay, the battle ends, spoiler, the Pandavas are living in peace. They, they are reigning their kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Then finally, King, uh, Krishna, uh, I was supposed to say king. Krishna has to leave, you know, back to, he he finished his pastimes in this earth. He's going back. And that only then is Kali able to enter and start. So it's very interesting because when, you know, we've read before, when there is lightness, there cannot be darkness. So while Krishna was here, the age of Kali couldn't begin, you know? Ooh. And then once Krishna left, I mean... That totally devastated. Imagine, you know, we oftentimes talk about this mood of longing of separation for God. So the Pandavas, they were so devastated. And Arjuna, when Krishna left, we we hear all these amazing stories about how heroic, how strong and powerful he was. Arjuna totally became deflated, like a deflated balloon. He lost, <laughs> he lost all of his strength. And we were talking just before the episode started with Abhijit's lovely brother, Manu, and talking about the pastimes of how like, you know, as soon as Arjuna entered into the kingdom and King Yudhisthira saw him, Yudhisthira didn't even need to hear why he was that way. He just understood because he thought something tragic must have happened for Arjuna to look this way. Did he commit something against a Brahmana? And after all these scenarios, he thought he wouldn't do that. Krishna, our Lord, must have left. He just knew. And then, you know, the story continues. You really should dive deeper into the Mahabharata to hear more of it. But the Pandavas decide, okay, let's pack up. Our time here on earth has ended. If our Lord has left, why stay here? And they were so attached. Yeah. So then Kali Yuga starts and that whole period is a period of abundance, of strife, ignorance, irreligion, and mm, vice, right. true virtue being practically non-existent. Wow. Okay. So can we right. replace, relate this back to the verse? So Brahma's day is how long now? So <laughs> Brahma's day is actually all the yugas like having their turn. So that's 1.7 million plus 1.3 million plus 860,000 plus 430,000. Wow. Yeah. 
you know, if I was Lord Brahma, I would be so tired at the end of that day. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I would be exhausted need like a, all in a I day's would work. Be exhausted. Yeah. I would need a foot bath. I would need a <laughs> massage. I would need a face mask for all four of my faces. <laughs> I would be exhausted. And he lives a hundred of such years. Right. right, right, because it continues breaking it down further and further. So they say in Kali Yuga, vice increases to such a point that at the termination of the Yuga, once it's complete, the Supreme Lord himself appears as Kalki Avatar. Well, okay, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Because after ahead. that, it's going to talk about Brahma's lifespan again. Yeah, it says there these four Yugas, so Kali Yuga and all of these Yugas, rotating a thousand times comprises one day of Brahma and the same number comprises one night. Brahma right. lives 100 of such years and then dies. So, right, these so, hundred, go uh-huh. ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. These hundred years by earth calculations total to 311 trillion and 40 billion earth years. Oh, I don't my even know if I can conceptualize God. that. No. I'm like, I do hope to reach a hundred years living on this earth. <laughs> Wild. We don't, yeah. have, we don't have trillionaires yet. All right. So Did I, you want to say can. something? Yeah, I wanted to just comment. Um, this This whole thing that we're saying about how you know, a thousand of Brahma's years equals whatever trillion right. of our years. It sounds super far-fetched and weird, but mm. it actually um, relates to a scientific phenomenon that Ooh. is a proven phenomenon called time dilation. You guys heard of time dilation? No. no. Briefly, but please explain. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Albert Einstein's general, general relativity explains that as there's higher gravitation, time slows down. So if you've ever watched the movie Interstellar, for example, <laughs> where they, and, and it was based on true, you know, actual science. Uh, if you were to visit near a black hole, which has high gravitation, you would be uh, subject to slower time. So what, what time passes for you, which might be like an hour is to someone else many, many years. Mm. Right. And so we we can see that uh, Lord Brahma experiences the passage of time differently from us, and mm. there is actual evidence of that right. in scientific theory as well. I love Abhijit. Thank you for bringing that up because you know, yeah, you hear these things, and it's easy to think, yeah, right, okay, sure, it says this in the scriptures, but that's not reality. But how many things do we hear about laws of quantum physics and all these things that sound super far fetched, mm-hmm. or like what Abhijit just said? That's like, whoa, but we believe it because it's scientific. But really, this is a science. Also, if you think about it from a different perspective, like the, the how long, I mean, I, I don't have a particular animal in mind, but like how long does an ant live? Hmm. I don't know. You know, and oh, how, is that, he, a, is that a question with the ant? No, 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 no. no I'm just, I'm just putting it for perspective. I'm putting it for perspective. Like they, one of our days is so much more time for them in right. terms of perspective of that, right? Even some animals live a very short life. Right, uh, right. Even dogs, cats, they don't live as long as we do. And for them, how do they perceive time? So we're right. thinking of Brahma, who's the creator of the universe, who is this magnanimous, huge right. Enti- entity, right? right? And so how he perceives three trillion years, it's very different. I think it's, our A plus student found your answer. A uh, garden <laughs> ant lives only one to two years. Pharaoh wow. ant, four months. Yeah. Wow. Do you see so, four months? That's four a months point. for them is a whole lifetime where right. four months for us is barely anything. And right. I think similarly, Brahma can see 300 trillion years as like, okay, whatever, you know, a human just lives a hundred, whatever. Right. We're a small speck of the yeah. universe. And you know what? Damn. 
connecting to what Abhijit just said, you know how last episode I had brought up the commander, the leader of the Shabras who was worshiping this deity form of Krishna in oh, the, the Niladri Hill. The leader the of the pig herders? Uh-huh, exactly. Oh, we're, we're back here again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's connected, I promise. So within that same story of the Jagannath Priyanatikam, this is the whole story of how the deity of Jagannath came to be. And we've talked about, we just had LA Rathayatra here. So within the whole story, King Indradumna this this very well-known pious king in the time, he basically, uh, he's so pious that he can, in his human form, he ascends to the heavenly realms and he basically goes to ask, I think, I'm pretty sure, I have to confirm later, but I think it was Brahma. He goes to ask Brahma to help him install the deity of Jagannath. But when he goes up to the heavenly realm, he comes back down and it's actually a really sad part of the story. He comes down so excited to see his, his people, to see his military commander, to see all his closest friends, his wife. And he was thinking they're going to be so excited by the return, knowing Lord Jagannath is about to grace us with his presence, blah, blah, blah. And he gets back. No one knows who he is because ages and ages have passed when he was up there. Time traveled. Time traveled. Yeah. And he lost time. Exactly. When he came back down, finally, it's a beautiful story. And they realized you're King Indradumna, the the ancient king of bygone ages. Where have you been, boy? Where have you been? (laughs) They didn't believe him at first. But then anyway, the story continues. But that's what it made me think of. Wow. Yeah, that's a great story. And that is kind of the point, right? Like how perception of time is so different. Um... For Brahma. Right. So basically tying it back. Okay. In Kali Yuga, the age we're in, vices have increased to such a point that by the end of the Yuga, Krishna comes himself in the form of Kalki to vanquish all the demons, save his devotees. And then boom, the cycle starts back over and commences with another Satya Yuga. So this Kalki avatar, this is, Mm. um, so Krishna comes in different forms, right? Throughout time, right? He's come as Lord Rama. He's come as Lord Buddha. And he's come through, through, through various different avatars or different incarnations, right? But Kalki is the one that hasn't come yet to yep. this world. Yeah. Oh, he has not arrived yet. Yes. Yeah. And we don't hopefully want to be here when we he won't. arrives. I mean, it, based on the calculations, it's only been 5,000 years into the 432,000. Or I'm thinking our soul, our soul, like our bodies definitely won't be here, oh, but like oh, hopefully oh. We'll, we'll be down <laughs> the, d- done with the rat race by the time. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Know. I mean, I was just giving perspective. We still have yeah. hundreds of thousands of years before Kalki comes. Right. So no one freak out. Not yet. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's said to be that at that time it was mostly going to be people who are really like demonic, right? Really demonic. And at that point, Krishna's like, okay, let's reset. Let's start right. over. Start again. Hit reset. reset. Button. This is not working out. You know? right. It's not working out. Let's hit reset. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I found this really good point at the bottom. I feel like you're going to say the same thing. Priya so and I oftentimes it. highlight the same thing. So like we look at each other and as you're about to bring up something, I'm like, okay, yes. Right <laughs> yeah. So um, this is really cool. It says in the material universe. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> in the material universe, not even Brahma is free from the process of birth and old age, disease and death. Mm. Brahma, however, is directly engaged in the service of Krishna of the Supreme Lord in the management of the universe. Mm. Therefore, he at once attains liberation. So once Brahma dies, he immediately goes back to Krishna because he's doing this amazing service for trillions of years. Even the creator, right? Brahma is known as the creator. He is not free from birth. Right, right. That's wild. Exactly, because even though Brahma Loka is the highest planet in the material universe, it says here, in due course, Brahma and all the inhabitants of Brahma Loka are subject to death. Whoa. According to the law, of material nature. Super cool. And then another cool fact about this one, it says, 
elevated gurus or sannyasis <laughs> are promoted to Brahma's particular planet, Brahmaloka, which is the highest planet in the material universe. So right. I'm thinking like, I always wonder like who replaces Brahma? Like who mm. becomes Brahma? So it's like elevated right. gurus. Mm. That's kind of wow. cool. That is really cool. Didn't I, didn't I hear somewhere that like, oh, we've been in this material cycle of birth and death hundreds of thousands of years. We've all been Brahma at some point. I feel I heard someone tell me that. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't have been Brahma because Brahma's immediately liberated, right? Right. So that didn't make sense to me. Maybe I, uh, maybe I definitely were... have not been Brahma. <laughs> I just want to clarify that for anybody who is confused. I only buy a any... face mask for one face. One day I'll buy it for four. <laughs> I have never had to buy four face masks at one time. So just for any of the listeners that are confused, I have never been Brahma. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've been Brahma either. But, you know. but that makes sense that like, okay, if you're going to be Brahma at some point, then that's kind of like, okay, you're liberated after that. But why is Krishna bringing this random... Brahma situation up randomly. Right, they're, they're, he's halting a whole war, Arjuna and Krishna. What, what is happening? He was here? just talking about death, and now he's talking about what Brahma does in his day. Oh, you know why? Because Tell me. Um, I mm. had it and I lost it. I'm going to mm. try anyways. So let's read. Oh. He's talking about um, like the highest perfection of life and attaining Krishna. And he's kind of trying to explain our position, but as well as like even the greatest of them all, Brahma, still has to go mm. through this situation of life and death. We oh. all have to be, we're all devotees of Krishna. Mm -hmm. And then we all go through this cycle of life and death. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I've read this book so many times and I didn't understand that. I just thought Krishna went on this like senile <laughs> tangent. It was just like talking about Brahma. First of all, Krishna was <laughs> like Krishna 17. <laughs> Krishna doesn't go on senile. He is <laughs> not senile. Oh my God. I just never understood it. I'm the senile. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. I understand it. Yeah. But now I understand why. That's the amazing thing. This is one of those books that you can read again and again and again and get so much from it each and every time. Because, because I think it's like, it's the devotion in which you come at it with. It's the yeah. mood of understanding it. And it's also like our limited capacity at any given time to understand something. We right. grow, we evolve, and we are capable of understanding so much more as we go on. Exactly. Exactly. That's like when you're younger, you might hear this, I don't know, catchphrases all the time. When you're older, it might be the simplest thing, but it hits you differently. And you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. All right. Totally. Text number 18, Shamali. At the beginning of Brahma's day, all living entities became manifest from the un unmanifest state. And thereafter, when the night falls, they are merged into the unmanifest again. So this is like a she shells, she shells by the seashore. We're going to have to unpack it. I got you. Go here's here's it. why. Actually, someone, uh, one of our listeners asked me this question. They're like, if we, like, where did we come from if we always existed, right? Mm -hmm. So there's kind of like an unmenace. You're just like on, uh, what's, what's, <laughs> sleep mode on your phone? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, you Snooze? think about the souls are just kind of like chilling until they're manifested, mm. right? So he's saying, basically, Krishna is saying that when uh, Brahma's day starts, all these souls are manifested. They get to live. And then for all of those years, the souls are alive. And then when right. Mana, uh, Brahmana, when Brahma um, goes to sleep, right? Am I saying that? Yeah, correctly? night falls. Yeah. Yes. When the nightfall comes, all these souls. Snooze. Yeah, they go to snooze. Because yeah. they always exist. But, it's not like they stop existing or. But those souls that have mode. to go to snooze, like we said, those are the ones, right? That stay there. Like they haven't broken through the chains of this rat race. The They're cycle. the souls that are there in the final and fourth yuga, the demonic of the demonic that haven't like achieved perfection in this life form. And in many and thousands and thousands of life forms, they're still there. So when Brahma goes to sleep, it's like, okay, try again next cycle. Yes. You know, so hopefully you won't have to go into that unmanifest state because hopefully these, how many thousands and billions and trillions of years do the four yugas last? At some point there, hopefully you'll develop 
Krishna consciousness. Well, and it's not just hopefully you're doing it right now. And all you, you got to do is chant Hare Krishna. Chant Hare Krishna. Jai. Jai. <laughs> all right. Text number 19, Priya Darshani. Again and again, when Brahma's day arrives, all living entities come into being. And with the arrival of Brahma's night, <laughs> they are helplessly annihilated. Annihilated. Thank you. Annihilated. What a, what a fun mm. word. Um, so that's essentially what we just talked about, right? When yeah. Brahma Brahma starts his day, he stretches in the morning, sun's up, everyone <laughs> comes off to the life. Face mask. He takes off the face mask, <laughs> he takes off the eye mask, he's stretching, brushes his teeth, everybody's alive. And then when it starts to time, night, night. He starts to play <laughs> lullaby music. Everybody <laughs> dies. Oh man, that's a little. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, Chris like said the word annihilated, but he when puts I, the rock by baby, it's Kalki's killing all of them all. No, I don't. Is it Kalki every time? Right, Kalki comes and alight and annihilates wait, wait, them. Let me see if I understand this correctly. So. So in going Kali, back for a second, right, in Kali Yuga, vices increase to such a point that at the termination of the Yuga, but the Supreme Lord appears as Kalki avatar, vanquishes the demons, saves the devotee and commences another Satya Yuga. Oh my God. Yes. I oh, see. it is You're Kalki. Right. Over it is Kalki every time. Very uh -huh. interesting. But a different Brahma every time. Probably. Yeah. 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 So yeah, because it's one day of Brahma is all the four yugas. And then right, at the end right. of the yuga, we reset. Oh my goodness. Uh, so I wonder if Brahma is looking again. forward to being able to be graced by the vision of his Lord. And, and each Brahma gets to see it once at the end of the yuga. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Cool. Does he see it? Or I wonder. I imagine. I don't know. I don't know. He that's gets joyful, binoculars and puts it on each four of them. Yeah, eight. maybe. <laughs> that's a joyful vision of this this aggressive verse. Yeah, <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah. Right. So then basically they're saying, right, during the daytime of Brahma, they can exhibit their activities on higher and lower planets, they being the souls that still haven't gotten out of the rat race and they were still there in the fourth yuga. They became unmanifest and they manifest again during the daytime. So they can use their free will to go higher planets, lower lower planets within this material world, but at the coming of Brahma's night, they are all annihilated. Dun, cool. dun, dun. All right. Nice. So yeah, then ultimately when Brahma's life is finished, they're all annihilated and remain unmanifest for, oh my gosh, millions and millions of years. So you want to get out of there before Brahma's going to sleep. I wonder if people are like, he's going to sleep. He's going to sleep. <laughs> I mean, <What>? we <laughs> <laughs> How would you know though? It's like, does the ant know we're sleeping? No, he starts to, his eyelids get really heavy and it starts to get really dark outside. Like he closes his eyes and when he closes his eyes, a bunch of meteors come and you're like, oh, uh -oh, uh -oh, time uh -oh, to go. It's happening. It's time to go. The party's up. ended. The party's ended. It's happening again. Right. Closing time. <laughs> na, 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 na. So basically, right. Those intelligent persons who really take advantage of this human life form and immerse themselves in Krishna consciousness and devotional service to the Lord, we are able to transfer ourselves uh, even in this life, to the spiritual planet of Krishna and become eternally blissful there, not being subject to such rebirths. So that's the goal. All, All right. right. Text number <laughs> 20. Shama Sangeeta. This is me. Yeah. Text number 20. Yet there is another unmanifest nature, which is eternal and is transcendental to this manifested and unmanifested matter. It is supreme and it is never annihilated. When all in this world is annihilated, that part remains as it is. I okay, have no so idea what I just down. read. Let's break it down. Line <laughs> I have by line. no idea Are what I just said. Are we talking about the soul? So read the first line and let's just okay. break it down. No idea what I just said. Okay. 
<clears throat> I am Krishna at text 20, okay? <laughs> yet, yet there is another unmanifest nature, which is eternal and is transcendental to this manifested and unmanifested matter. Right. So we just Go. talked about there is the Brahma's day. The souls are manifested. Brahma's night. The, the ones who are left there on the fourth and final yuga, the demonic souls who didn't make it past, they become unmanifest in his night and millions and millions of years pass. Then Brahma wakes up and they're manifest again. Wait. So, uh, okay, no, sorry. Go I'm ahead. not going to interrupt. Go ahead. Because I'm just going to make about? it more confusing. No, you're good. Go. You're good. Okay. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. I'm on a roll. Yeah. So, so basically, they're in this. Uh, so there's another reality it's saying, another unmanifest reality, which is eternal. And it goes transcendental means it just goes beyond this manifest and unmanifest matter. So this whole cycle of Brahma's day and night and the four yugas and the souls being trapped there, that's kind of like our playing ground to try to get out as fast as we can back to our eternal home. So this is kind of foreshadowing that other reality that's beyond this these cycles of birth and death beyond these four yugas, because that's in the four yugas is where it's manifest, unmanifest, manifest, unmanifest until we can get it right, you know? Yeah. So I, it's, go ahead. I mean, I also want to say, I think that this text doesn't make full sense on its own, but once we read the next one, it, it brings will. it right. all ah, together. Let's do okay. it. So, so yeah, and basically- Almost but, do yeah, it. Chandler wants us one more, more. Okay, yeah. <laughs> No, we said we were going to break down and we were have one more line of the text. I just think it, like without having to break it down, if you just finish the one, if you say the next text, it will clarify everything. Yes, let's okay. do that. So, right. This next reality is supreme, never annihilated. And when all in this world is annihilated, that part remains as it is. Ah, the supreme realm as it is while we're reading the Bhagavad Gita as it is. You want to read the next text, Shamli? Yes. 21. Text 21. Can we Shumley. shit it in? We're yes, already we getting can. the time Yes, up. we can. Shumley's because it'll wrap, it'll wrap everything up. But Got can it. we do the purport, the following one? Okay. Got it. Got all right. Sure. So the following text says, that which the Vedantists describe as unmanifest and infallible, that which is known as the supreme destination, that place from which having attained it, one never returns. That is my supreme abode. Yeah. So basically Krishna was saying in the previous text, now that I understand, read yes. that, I understand it in the context, right? He was saying like, okay, so there's this kind of existence in which you live in the day of Brahma and all of that. And there's an inhalation and then there's you live and you die and all this stuff. But then on the opposite side, there's a place where you're always manifested and everything is eternal and transcendental. And right. that's where I live. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's also Ooh. what he says in the purport of the oh. previous text. Prabhupada, I guess, foreshadow knows our confusion and adds some context. I to know. That. That's that's why I wanted Krishna to finish his uh, thought. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. That's nice. such a beautiful thought process because I was wondering where he was going with this whole Brahma thing, right? <laughs> but then Krishna, senile tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but I was the one going on a senile tangent, okay? Oh. It was I. Krishna it was knew. I. No, I, I yeah. got you. I, right? I, yeah. I feel like I was in the same page and I was like, wait a second, Krishna Krishna's going to tell me. And then right. I just looked and he, he did. Right. Yeah. So he's saying, that's where I am. That's my superior spiritual, transcendental and eternal energy. I want to go to his house. Yeah. And it's beyond all of these sufferings of the material world, the which is manifest and unmanifest and the annihilation that happens during the day and the, the sleeping dormant nights of Brahma. It's all like, man, we want to get out of this. This is hard. Yes. I we want to go to Krishna where all the desires are, where where he is, all desires are fulfilled. Right. And it says Krishna's superior energy is completely opposite in quality to the material energy. Superior and inferior nature are then, oh yeah, they were explained in the seventh chapter, which we already went over. So we want to go where Krishna is. We want to go to his house. <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Please accept me. Please. 
Can we come in, sir? Can we come in We talk about you on the Modern Yogi podcast. Can we meet you? (laughs) It's it's almost like Krishna's a celebrity and we're like always talking about them, about him. And we're like, "Um, we know you really well. Can you like um, let us in? (laughs) We're your biggest fans. We're like, you know, in Hollywood, you do those Hollywood tours of those celebrity houses. That's where we're on a bus right now. We're trying to like get in. We're trying to look over the hedges. Hop on the Modern Yogi bus. Hop on the Green Wacko tour, guys. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know about three Wacko tours. Not in the best way. I think Wacko's fine. I mean, can we be on Groupon so that people can hop on? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, and that's that, what we're going to do for today, yes? Yeah, yes. Yes. Join us next time where we go over chapter eight, text number 22. Oh, 21 per board, 21 per board. And, we'll and yeah, we'll, we'll cover that in the recap. Yeah, we'll sure, cover sure. in the recap. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See Thank you, next you time. so much. Bye. 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 Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.